Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Y'all ate too much turkey. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right, a little better. We're so glad that you're here today. We're so glad that we have this awesome privilege to be in the presence of the Lord. And we're super excited. Geo's home. Don't sit down. Stand up and wave to everybody. We're glad you're back. We missed you. Stay home. All right. Glad to have you home. I'm glad to have Dr. Rodney Taylor here. He is a good friend wearing his LSU socks. That's why I love him so much. And uh, Dr. Rodney is fortunate. He's retired. And he's getting to enjoy visiting around, hanging out with some other churches. But he's pastored in this town for 100 years. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a long 41, 141, all the same. And so we're just glad to have him here. And when I came to Hammond 23 years ago, he was the first person to call me up and invite me to this, invite me to his, uh, he had a show at that time on TV, and he invited me to be on his show. I never went, but it was a great invitation. So I love Dr. Rodney. He's always been a great friend. Good to have him there here this morning. Let's give him a hand. We're glad to have him in the house with us. He is a spiritual father of this city, and I love, love, love his heart. How many enjoyed Thanksgiving? Did anybody eat any food at all? Yeah, I'll tell you what, at this time of the year, we can't help ourselves but to just talk about food. And uh, we cook Thanksgiving meal, and then, and then we've cooked some more meals, and we've cooked some more meals, cooking some today. We're cooking, just cooking and cooking and uh, enjoying it. And I actually did very well this year. I did well. I want you to, I want you to know I did well. I'll brag on myself a little bit, pat myself on the back. I ate one small plate of food for Thanksgiving, and that was it. I did not eat more than that. Yeah, because I'd cooked so long that I was tired of looking at food. And so I just didn't eat it. But, but how, many, how many just enjoyed and enjoys Thanksgiving and enjoys the food? Uh, I know I do. I know I do. And um, so when we talk about food, we talk about craving, we talk about how much more we love. How many thinks, I believe this, that my mom makes the best dressing ever? Now, they're probably, you think your mom makes the best dressing ever, but I think my mom makes the best dressing ever. And when I moved here a few years ago, 23 years ago, I was invited to go with Robin and her family to, to the Moore's house, and they had oyster dressing. I talked about this last year. They have oyster dressing. I had never in my life heard of oyster dressing. Who in the world would put oysters in dressing? That just don't make any sense. And uh, so they was like, you need to try some. And I was like, mm, I'm good. And I, I mean, I like oysters and I like dressing, but I couldn't put the combination together in my brain. But I went ahead and tried some because I'm a nice guy and I'm polite like that. So I tried some and I fell in love with it. And uh, I, it was new to me. I mean, I like, I like trying new things. And, and you know what? You don't know about something. I can't stand it when people tell me. I'm not going to call any names, but there's a person sitting on the back row. They won't try anything new. You got to try something new every once in a while. You got to experience something new. And you might find out that you like it. You might find that you like it. And so when you, when you get this craving in your life, you're craving, you know, man, I want that. I want some more of that oyster dressing. I want some more of that particular meal. I made the ham this year, and it was not so good. First time I cooked the ham, I smoked it. It was dry. It wasn't that great. I was a little disappointed. Then I went over to Michelle's house and had her ham, and it was amazing. And I was like, that's what I wanted my ham to taste like. 
You know what I'm talking about? Am I, y'all getting hungry yet? You're getting hungry? Come on, can I get a better amen? Thinking about food now? We're always thinking about food this time of year. Have you ever, have you ever had this, ate so much, and then when you got through eating, you're sitting on the couch, and you're kind of, you know, in that coma, that overfood coma. You're kind of, uh, but then all of a sudden, you're, while you're watching the football game, bing, pecan pie. And you waddle back in the kitchen. Come on, you know you can barely move. And you cut another piece because you're craving it because it's so good. And you eat another piece and you just get that bluebell ice cream. Put it in the microwave for just a few seconds. Put that blue, oh man, man, so good. Craving, hunger, we're thirsty for it. We've got to have some more. So we're, we're just talking about it, all this festive time of eating and the good food and craving some more. And at this time of year, we're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I would like to stir up this morning the same kind of appetite for more of him, that we would crave him, that we would be okay with just a once- a week or once a month or once every once in a while, once a year, but we would have this daily craving for him. That our hearts would long for him. That like even when we feel like we've just left the one of the most beautiful times of devotion and presence of God, but yet like that piece of pie, man, that was so good. I got to have just a little bit more. I got to go back and get a little bit more. And when we learn to put into our life a life of worship, a life of word, a life of meditation before the Lord and prayer, and, and, and when we learn that and that becomes a part of our life, the more we do it, the more we will crave it. I, I want to tell you something this morning. I, I, I don't think that you could ever come to the place that you'll just crave that by just only having it occasionally. It has to be that moment that you anticipate, and the more you do it, the more you desire it. The hunger for him. It's a hunger. It's a passion. You know, I, I, don't, I can't comprehend this myself. I'm not much into to, uh, the gym thing. <laughs> not my thing. I'd rather eat pie. <laughs> but, but I watch these people that go to the gym. Matthew. Hell, Matthew here. I'm picking on Matthew a little bit. But these guys like Matthew, every time, it's, you know, now he craves the Lord too, so I don't want, he, he's passionate about God. But his, he, he just loves going to the gym. I heard that him and Michael has been going to the gym and like staying for like two hours or something crazy like that. I can't even fathom that. I can't even fathom, I go to the gym for like two minutes and I'm like, oh, I'm sweating, I gotta go. No, I'm just kidding. So, so uh, uh, but, but you, they, they get into that and then there's this thing that's like, hey, I gotta go back tomorrow because I found that I got this fresh energy out of this. I'm craving this. It's speaking to my, to my body. It's speaking to my health. All, but, but we just want to create this morning a craving for the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Like I'm hungry for it more. I've been to God's gym, and I, I've, I've seen what it's doing in my life, and I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more. Uh, I want to read from Romans 13. Romans 13. By the way, while you're turning there, lest I forget, there's free T-shirts out in the foyer. You could grab one on your way out. 
Romans 13, verse 11. To live like this is all the more urgent, for the time is running out, and you know it is a strategic hour of human history. It's a time for us to wake up. Everybody say, wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. It's a time for us to wake up for our full salvation nearer now than when we first believed. Night's darkness is dissolving away, and the new day of destiny is dawn's. I believe in this house that we've talked about this a lot, and I'm going to read some more. But I believe in this house, there's a lot of destiny in this house that hasn't been tapped into. And we haven't reached our full purpose or potential. And and many of y'all have spent the last few weeks at our house church going through the destiny. And you've discovered some things about yourself. You've discovered some things about your life. You've discovered who, who God created you to be. And that's good. But now you've got to step into that promise by going after that by moving forward with that destiny that God created in your life. And there's never been a time that this is not more important or more strategic than right now in the hour that we live. So we once and for all strip away what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy clothes. And once and for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of the light as our weapon. We clothe ourselves with the righteousness of Christ. We must live honorably, surrounded by the light of the new day, not in the darkness of drunkenness, debauchery, not, not in promiscuity or sensuality, not being argumentative or jealous of others. I think it's interesting that in this passage of Scripture, along with debauchery and promiscuity and sensuality, it says not being jealous of others and not being argumentative. Man, I read that and I thought, man, I got some work to do. Come on, come on. All, all these things that just creep into our heart, creep into our spirit, creep into our life. We've got to put those things away, strip those clothes off, clothe ourselves in righteousness. Instead, fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity and its selfish desires. This is the passage that I want to text, I want to preach from today, is instead, fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus. I don't want to waste one single moment of my life going back and picking up my old identity. I scrambled through some pictures in a hurry trying to find some pictures of my past life just for kicks and giggles today to show you how I looked when I had punk rock hair and I weighed 180 pounds or something like that. That was a long time ago. And, 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 but really, it's not even talking about that type of former life. It's talking about that inner man. It's not even what you look like, but that person, that old sinful man of who you was. That you are now a new creation. So we don't want to turn back to that former life or that identity that wakens up our selfishness, but we want to be fully immersed and to the goodness, the joy, the peace, the prosperity, the blessing of the Lord. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live prosperous. He wants us to live holy. He wants us to live free. He wants us to live in a place of divine union with him. But he gives us this choice to be immersed into the goodness of God, to be fully, fully, fully immersed. Out of the Webster, it says to be immersed 
to plunge into a place under a liquid or dip or sink, to involve deeply absorb, to be baptized by immersion, to be in bed or buried, to be fully buried in Christ. And that is, that is his desire, that we, that we be so immersed in the goodness of God that we find ourselves totally, completely saturated with him. And in Romans 6, we use the word from the uh, King James or New King James or ESV, but they use the word baptized into Christ. But the closer translation would actually be to be immersed into Christ, to be immersed into Christ. And as we read this, we, we, we're talking about a, a immersion or that word should bring a deeper revelation of what we're talking about. To be totally covered, totally saturated into Christ Jesus. In Romans 6, it reads like this from the Passage Translation. Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into the union with Christ, the anointed ones, were immersed into the union with his death? Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we are co-buried and entombed with him, so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. Come on, somebody. And we have been co-resurrected with him so that we could, so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of a new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience his death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and a new life that imparts. We are living in, our lives are in, because we've been buried with Christ and we've been resurrected with Christ, we're living in the same victory that Christ is living in. We're living in the same, same anointing. We have the same power. We have the same ability to release the goodness of God through us because we've been buried with him and we have also been resurrected with him. And as we live our life totally immersed, totally baptized, totally immersed in the greatness of God, completely saturated in him, our lives should then give off the glory of the Lord. The scripture says we were dead to sin. But we have been buried with Christ, and we have also been resurrected with him, meaning we carry his victory in our lives. The old man's passed away. Everybody say the old man's passed away. Say, I'm not the guy I used to be. I'm not the person I used to be. I'm not going to go pick up my old identity. I'm not the person I used to be. Now, all of us in this place sin from time to time. We make mistakes. We come short of the glory of God. I mean, I do. I don't know about you holy people, but I do sometimes. Come on. And when I do, when I do make a mistake in my life, I don't go back and pick up my old identity. That's not who I am. Are you with me this morning? My, old, my identity is in Christ Jesus. So I don't let my failure or my mistake or, or something that happened in my life determine who I am. But I let my resurrected life in Christ Jesus determine my identity. So when I fall, I get up because I know who I am in Christ. When I, make, when I go through situations and trials and tribulations, that's okay because I know who I am in Christ. When I'm my back against the wall and, and there's things that are going on in my life I can't control, that's okay because I know who my, where my identity comes from. It comes from knowing him because the old man has passed away and the new man has come forth. In Galatians 3, it says this, 326. 
You have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus, the anointed one. It was faith that immersed you into, his, into Jesus, the anointed one. And now you are covered and clothed with his anointing. Somebody say, I'm clothed with his anointing. Okay, some of y'all are. That's awesome. And we no longer see each other in our former state. I don't see, I don't see the old guy. I told this story one time. I, was, I went to a funeral with my family, uh, one of the family funerals years ago uh, at home in Shreveport. And, and I got there, and we had all these people, you know, they all go to church, and they all preachers and preachers' wives and, 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 and you know, just a whole, you know, hundred people in my mother's side of the family. And, and um, we sat down at the table, and we was talking to all the cousins and everybody, and they kept talking about... Now, I've been, I've been saved for a long time now. I've been saved like years. I got, it, it's been a long time. Probably 30 years when this went down or 28 or whatever it was. And, and I've been pastoring a church for a long time. But all they could talk about was, do you remember when? Do you remember this? Do you remember that? you remember how stupid you were? you remember how crazy you were? you remember? And I was thinking, not one single person, not one person in that room said, Hey, Pastor, how's your church going? How many souls are you winning? How, how is life? How is, you, how, is, how is the presence of God in your life? You know why? Because they thought about my former identity, my, my past, and they wanted to bring, all they could talk about was my, you know what, that's what the enemy does. Now, I'm not calling my family the enemy, they're just people. But, but that's what the enemy does. The enemy wants to sit down with you and tell you about all your past and all your brokenness and all your mess-ups and all the things you did wrong. There comes a time in our life that we clothe ourselves with the righteousness of God, and we do not hear what our past says, but we hear what our destiny is saying. Amen. Amen. Knowing what our purpose is and knowing who I am in Christ, I am clothed with his anointing, and we're no longer in that former state. So we no longer see each other in our former state of Jew, nor non-Jew, nor rich, nor poor, nor male, nor female, because we are one through our union with Jesus Christ, with no distinction or just between us. And since you've been united to Jesus the Messiah, you are now Abraham's child and inherited of the promise of the kingdom realm. Guess what? We're living in promise because of who we are, because we're children of the king. We're living in this place of promise, and we have this promise upon our life. We're co-laboring. We're, co- we're co-seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we carry the anointing. I am a true child of God that has privileges. Say, I have privileges. Come on, Jane, you got privileges today. You have this amazing privilege, this amazing privilege that no matter what's going on, you can walk into your daddy's house and say, hey, daddy, father God, I'm your kid. You know what he does? It's like Thanksgiving. He says, here's the food. Have all you want. Here's the fridge. Go get anything you want because you belong here. You have place here. This is all yours. You're, you're, you're clothed with the goodness of God. You're clothed with the righteousness of God. You're a child of God. You have privilege. Come get all you want. We're the true children of God. And we walk in the light. And, the, and we're clothed with the glory of God. We concern ourselves with so many, ways, so many things. The way we look. The 
way we appear. I think that's fine. You know, I, 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 I went to, I was funny. I went to, I went this week. I was, I was actually out in my yard working. I was cutting up some, some wood and I'd done some other projects and, and I had to run up to, uh, to Home Depot and I ran into a guy up there and he looked, he looked me up and down. He goes, man, where you been? I was like, uh, working? Uh, I guess he had this image of preacher, and I didn't look that way or something. I don't know what it was. But, but I mean, I was dirty. I had mud on my boots, you know, had a cap on, uh, and I was looking pretty rough. I, I, I ran into Abby and them. They saw me. I was looking pretty rough, looking pretty rough. But, but we worry about all these images of how we look. You know, I, last night I was laughing at my girls because they start getting dressed for Sunday on Saturday night, and they, they, they dress up. They get fully dressed, and they come in there, and they model. You know, how's this look? And then they go up the stairs and change clothes and do it two or three times. I'm thinking, man, I'm wore out just thinking about going up them stairs that much. Just pick some clothes and go to church. And they, they, they model, all of them. All, mama, the girls, they're all, what do you think about this? What about that? You know, worried about what they're going to look like. We worry a lot about our appearance. And we know that we put people in categories. You got the cool people like this front row over here, the hipsters, the cool folks, though. You know, they're cool. You know, got to have a little tattoo on your arm. It's going to be like Jesus <laughs> today. I'm never going to be that cool. Just going to move on with that. So maybe you're a little country like myself, and y'all can get a good laugh out of the way I say certain words, you know, and a little country, a little country. We worked about the country folks. Then we have the, the cool people. You know, we have the, 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 the preppies. We have the preppies, and we have all these different kind of categories. We categorize people in. I hear people talking about the Mandeville people and the Covington people and the, the Albany people. By the way, that's all, Albany, not Albany. All, I don't know how they say it. Anyway, it's, it's all these different groups of people that we just in this small little 90-mile radius, we have these little groups of people. Thoughts of different concerns of how you look, dress, and where you're from. And then we have the rich or the poor, and we categorize them. And we have, you know, the white, the black, the brown. We categorize them. We have the male, the female, all these different categories. And we get so distracted with all of these images of things and people and who you are, where you fit in, and how you mix into society, and we get distracted from knowing who we are in Christ. It, it, it can mess you up. Because it's such a distraction from saying, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, no matter how rich or poor you are, no matter what color your skin is, no matter how cool you dress or how cool you don't dress, none of that matters because we're all children of the Lord. And if my identity gets caught up in all of those things, I miss out on who I am. Brother Rodney, I remember a day when I was a young pastor that I, that I made about, you know, youth pastor. You don't, you, you know, you live way below the poverty level. And uh, uh, so I was, I, was, I was a youth pastor, and I was, I was, but I wanted to be a big-time pastor. So I would go out and buy these expensive suits to go to conferences. Now, let me tell you how dumb this is. I would go out, and I would be wearing like a $3,000 outfit, and I only made about $700 a month. Somebody said, that is not godly and kind of dumb, or real dumb. 
But I was, I was caught up in this image like, man, I wanted to look like the big time preacher too. So when I showed the concert, I wanted to have an Armani on as well and have me some, you know, gator shoes on. And, but, you know, it didn't bring any anointing to my life. I was, the, matter of fact, I feel much more anointed in blue jeans because <laughs> of who I am. But, 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 I was tr- but we can dress all to do all the things and still not be clothed and immersed in the righteousness of God. The most important thing that we could ever do in our life is to leave off the old images or the what people expect out of us and bury ourselves in the greatness of who he is and then live our life in his glory that his glory radiates from us and will be known will be known for who Christ is in us and not what we want to be or think we should be or the connection that we're trying to be. But I want to be saturated in the goodness of God. Are you with me this morning? But as one clothed in Christ, we're simply just the children of God. And this is how we should act. And this is how we should want the world to see us totally clothed in the glory of God immersed in his love having a personal encounter with God each day this is what I should think about this morning we're going to think about the goodness of God as we take our communion I'd like for you to take a minute and open your communion wafer and package and Heather you can come The whole reason that Christ came was for you. That's the whole reason he came to this earth. I hope you don't get tired of me saying this because I'm probably never going to get tired of saying it. But Keith, the whole reason Jesus came is for you. Because he knew you, Bridget, before the worlds were even framed. Before your, your mother knew your birthday, he knew it. And when he came to live his 33 short years upon this earth, he didn't come so we could have a Christmas story to tell. He didn't come for the busyness of the celebration of Christmas and the hustle and bustle and so that we could have better economics. That's not why he came. That wasn't on his mind. I don't want to be a Scrooge this morning, but I can tell you that Santa was not on his mind when he thought about you. It wasn't about all of this stuff. And I'm fine with all of that. But I think we can miss the whole thing, the whole, the whole purpose of this month of celebration if we don't refocus our attention upon why he came. A baby born in a manger. 
He came for you. He saw you when you hadn't even seen yourself. You didn't know yourself. And the cross was for you. When Jesus laid down his life on the cross, he was thinking about you. He was thinking about your life, your destiny, your potential, what he had put in you, what he had planned for you before the world's afraid. He was, his mind was upon you. His thoughts were upon you. You say, well, pastor, there was, there's been millions and millions and millions of people throughout the years and throughout the ages. Yes, there has, but we're talking about God. A God who is intimate and close. A God who is big and broad, but he's intimate and close. This week in my prayer time, I I said, Jesus, I need you to come. I need you to come. I I just need you to visit me today. Come near to me today. And in that time, the Lord began to visit with me and began to speak to me. Now, I didn't see a physical person sitting beside me. But I felt his presence walk into the room. And there was an encounter of conversation with Jesus. Because he's so vast and so big, but he's so intimate and so precious. Michael, he knows your heart. He desires to spend time with you. But here's what he needs. He only needs one thing from us. That's an invitation. An invitation to say, Lord, come. I give you my yes, but not just one yes, but a yes every day of my life. Come. Come be with me, Lord. Come saturate me. Come, I want to be immersed in who you are. I want to be baptized fully in who you are. I don't want just a touch from heaven or, or, or just a sprinkle of water. I don't want just a, 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 just a little passing by. What's my heart desire, Lord, to be immersed in who you are. And when we get this revelation of that I'm talking about this morning, and Matt touched on it just in, in the transition, but when we get this revelation of Jesus and who he is and the intimacy that he wants to have with us, and we become immersed in him, we're going to find ourselves thinking and processing in a different way than ever before. Our thoughts will come from a heavenly realm and not from a natural place. We'll begin to walk with a different kind of walk. Not because we're better, but because we're immersed, because we're understanding and we're getting a revelation of who he is. And I can tell you, I've been doing ministry for a long time, and I'm still hungry for more. I'm craving more and more of him. And the older I get, the more I'll need him, and the more I crave him, the more I want him. 
And I'm learning as the older I get, and listen to me, young people, that the things of this world really don't matter. Have no value. When it comes to knowing him. He loved us even while we were yet sinners, according to the word. He loved us so much that he gave his life for us. And he took a beating on his back so that we could walk in perfect healing. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. Everybody said we are healed. He said, well, pastor, why do we not walk in healing? The only thing that I can tell you, and I, I want you to take this this morning as I'm not being critical, but the only thing I can tell you is I don't know if we're fully immersed as we should be in him, including myself. Fully immersed in his goodness every day of our lives. Every day of our lives. More. More, God. So as we hold the bread before us this morning, I want you to take the bread in your hand. And I want you to look at that bread, and, and then I want you to look at that cup and say, this is for me. This is for me. And when we look at that, we might think, I could see where it would be for so-and-so or see for this one, but, but for me, God, I really don't deserve this. It's not because we deserve it. It's because he loves us. And he already, he already picked us. We just got to say yes to him. It's our, it's our choice. He is not going to pressure you. He's not going to make you do it. It's a choice. I get to choose. So I choose him today. Let's hold this bread up before the Lord. Father, we thank you for the body of Christ that was broken, bruised, beaten. 39 stripes upon your back, Lord Jesus. Tied to a whipping post with agony and painful blood running down your back. But you said, I will become the lamb slain for the world so that they can experience the freedom goodness and the blessing of living in me so Lord today with the bread that we hold in our hand the body representing the body we, we partake of the bread today in your name Jesus we hold the cup up before you Lord what a sacrifice what a price that was paid the precious blood of Jesus for our salvation. To break off the chains of our life, to break off the, break it open the prison doors and letting us go free, God. No longer bound to the darkness of this world, but walking in the light and the fullness of who you created us to be, God, so that we could live in our destiny and our plan and our hope. Now, Lord, as we drink this cup today, we crave you, God. We want more of you. 
we want more. And so we bless this cup and drink of it in Jesus' name. If you would stand with me this morning.